The Uncomfortable Truth, folks. I'm Alan Weiss. Here are some tough facts about sales. Arthur Miller wrote the classic, iconic play about death of a salesman and Willie Loman's demise from being a guy with a smile and a shoeshine and losing his edge as progress rolled on. People today are educated and they listen to legitimate influencers, peers and experts and those with experience and even illegitimate influencers, social media paid people, celebrities, infomercials, product placements on shows. I think today we don't have the death of a salesman, we have the death of sales, as we know it. People know the manufacturer's invoice before they go to the car dealer, and they can say, I'll pay you for your costs from the manufacturer plus 500, there's your profit. They can buy remotely over the internet and on their phones. Bitcoin, though I think still uncertain, may revolutionize the way payments are made without using the middleman of the banker. Robocalls and spam and junk email are ruining the sales profession. They're diluting the quality of the sales profession. People are becoming cynical and skeptical. What is now telehealth, being diagnosed and even treated by remote means, will apply to all kinds of goods and services using smart devices. You can actually buy cars from vending machines right now. That's right. And you put your money in and this huge cylinder revolves and your car comes down an elevator. That's the honest truth. Will a store have a competitive advantage with, say, expert-free tailoring if a computer can store exact measurements, which is done today for jeans, for example? Women and men who buy jeans can have their measurements stored by a computer that takes three-dimensional measurements. I understand women buy bras this way. I can't attest to that. So does the competitive advantage of this personalized tailor even disappear? Most people make important decisions through peer reference. Jonah Berger in Contagion and Invisible Influence, who spoke at one of my conventions, points out that only about 4% of that occurs over the internet. Most of it is in real time with real people, not virtual. Many people buy based on a higher price, assuming they'll get what they pay for. I needed a wrench for something in the garage. I don't buy wrenches every day. And I went to the hardware store and there were three wrenches, same kinds. One was $2, one was $4, one was $6. I bought the $6 wrench. I figured it's probably made of better material. I don't know that that's true. But fee does follow value until the lines cross and value follows fee. People believe they get what they pay for. Their egos are involved. They want to drive a certain car. It doesn't matter if it's still just basic transportation. Some people with poor sales in their business did the counterintuitive thing of raising their prices. And when they raised their prices, their sales improved because people felt they were buying something better. That is psychology. Commodity pricing, of course, doesn't require salespeople at all. Commodity pricing is about the lowest price for an identical kind of product or service. So the future, I want to tell you here on The Uncomfortable Truth, is about enabling the buyer to buy. Now, what does this mean? Well, it means 10 things. And I'm telling you something that I think is disruptive. I'm telling you something that most sales books don't talk about. They talk about building sales forces and building sales capabilities. I think that's a thing of the past. I think it's like building better covered wagons. Number one, strong brands will continue to attract people. 
it will be the branding that's more important than ever, both at local and national levels, both strategically and tactically. By strategically, I mean Ford says, here's why Ford builds a better truck. Tactically, the local Ford dealer says, if you come in on Saturday, we'll give you the best deal of the month. Strong attractors will attract people. I've trademarked the phrase, the chain reaction of attraction. And strong attractors who use products and services will influence others who believe in those particular people. These are what I call legitimate influencers. Number three, quick and easy will be the key. Amazon's one click with delivery the next day is rather amazing. I don't visit Staples anymore because it's so much easier to buy online and get it tomorrow than it is to drive to Staples and get it today. And when I get to Staples, there's no guarantee it'll be in stock, that the inventory will be there. Ordering online, I'm told right away, and I have it at my door the next day. Number four, leverage purchasing. Grubhub delivers from a wide variety of local restaurants. So these restaurants don't need their own delivery. In fact, a lot of them would never go into the delivery business at all. But Grubhub collects from all of them the food that people order and makes money doing that. And we're going to see more of these kinds of leverage services. Number five, buyers will place more stock on experiences their personal experiences than they will with any promotion or advertising campaign or any sales talk. For example, a lot of auto dealers throw the keys at you and say, take the demonstrator car home for the weekend. Don't take it out for a ride for 30 minutes with our salesperson. Take it for the weekend. Park it. Drive it in the rain. Tell us how you like it. And that's what convinces people to buy or not. You have to be able to allow for instant returns. For my casual shoes, I've started buying from Hubbard Shoes. They're all over the internet all of a sudden. And Hubbard's great. You choose colors and sizes and, and all this kind of stuff, and you can put your cursor on the shoe and see it from different angles. And the thing is, if you get the shoe and you don't like it, there's a return slip already filled out. You simply check your reason, put it back in the box, put the uh, pre-created return address sticker on it, and you're good to go. There's no risk here. It's easy. Number seven, the use of internet algorithms. I may be looking for a vacation spot and suddenly a notice for the kinds of model trains I collect pops up, knows my preferences, knows what I want, or vice versa. I could be looking for trains and it shows me a great place to stay in the islands where it knows I like to go. You don't need salespeople for that. Number eight, the more I'm remembered and don't have to fill out forms, the more likely I'll buy from you. The face recognition on my iPhone is also used by my bank. And so the fact that you can remember who I am and details about me encourages me to buy from you. I don't need that personal salesperson anymore. Number nine, send the technicians and the service people, not the salespeople. That's how I buy my generators and my lawn care and choose my investment professionals. I want to talk to the people who are doing the work. I don't need salespeople. I want them to show me what they're going to do and explain to me their methodology. That's what I'm going to buy. I know what the results I expect are. That's not an issue. And number 10, 24-7 access to everything, virtually and physically. That's what we need. People are on allensforums.com 24-7 because they're all over the world in different time zones. Communicating at their local convenience, 
and getting responses at other people's local convenience. I used to work with Merck, one of my biggest clients over 12 years. They had an award-winning sales force. They won top awards every year for three, four, five, six years. Then one day, the healthcare business changed. And instead of selling to executives in healthcare organizations or to medical people who own three or four practices, they found themselves in the basement dealing with procurement people. That expensive big sales force was no longer needed. What you needed were people skilled in the details of negotiation and the most uh, careful explanation of features of the product. Schwab, the investment house, beats the hell out of professional advisors. They're easy to use. Their commissions are almost you know, infinitesimal. And you can buy and sell on the web with no problem in real time. They're tremendously efficient. Why go to an investment advisor? Do we really need servers in restaurants even, or just food runners? Many restaurants already use tablets for ordering. Some use them just for wine, some for the food too. I don't need a server telling me the meatloaf's especially delicious, or their favorite food is the cod, or their name is John and they'll be serving me. I don't care. I don't need a friend. Asking about the future of sales is like asking about the future of buggy whips. We really need to know about the future of transportation, not buggy whips, and in this case, the future of the buyer dynamic, not sales. After all, I didn't sell this podcast to you, did I? And I won't have sold anything you choose to buy from me in the future as a result of having listened to it. You know what I mean? You don't need the sale. You're going to make up your own mind. I just have to make sure that I enable you to buy easily and readily and fast. I'm sorry. That's the uncomfortable truth. <laughs>